Hi guys, welcome to Midlife Crisis, your gaming podcast brought to you by the Middle-Aged Gamers. As per usual, hosted by me, Francis, and my two trusty companions, Dan and Ben. Say hi guys. Hello. Hi, so, uh, not a lot's really happened uh, this week in the gaming world. There's a few bits of news which I'm going to cover, uh, mostly sort of release dates and stuff like that. But before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode... What's changed in everybody's gaming schedule this week? So, if we kick it off with you, Ben, what are you playing this week? I haven't had a play a lot really this week. I reinstalled all the Assassin's Creed games because we talked about them last week, but I haven't played them yet. No. So after the <laughs> uh, the open world discussion that we've had, you've had the itch to jump back in. Uh, the question is, yeah. where are you going to start? Which one are you going to start on when you do get back into them? Probably two. Work my way up. Are you playing it on current gen or the old gen? Have you gone with the Ezio yeah. Trilogy, the oh. remastered one? Yeah, I've got that one. Yeah. yeah, to be fair, I think the best way to play those games now, especially with the updated resolutions and frame rates, is definitely the, uh, the Ezio collection. So if you guys haven't picked it up, I'm sure it's super cheap in CEX or Amazon if you want to get it new. Um, was there anything else yeah, at all that you've been playing? Um, apart from Dead by Daylight, as usual. I did reinstall Resident Evil 6 last night. Oh. A very controversial game. Yeah, yeah, like the Leon campaign. I super enjoyed, and then the other campaigns are really weird, like action shooters more so than survival horror, so it went in a bit of a weird way, didn't it, with Resident Evil 6? Yeah, they did that for a reason, they were trying to please the original fans and the newer fans, but it kind of backfired for the original fans. Yeah, it doesn't su- it doesn't surprise me that they did a U-turn with uh, Resident Evil 7 in the way that they went, but... It made sense for them to go down the route of the uh, the remake that we're going to get next year. Um, yeah. What about you, Dan? What have you been playing this week? The only new thing has been uh, I tried out Raiders of the Broken Planet, which I think used to be a premium game and has now gone free to play. Um, kind of a mashup of a few different games, and it didn't really pull it together for me. Um, it, it didn't make me, make me want to go back and play some more. Yeah, to be fair, I think we discussed it briefly and I kind of had the opinion that when I played it, I played it probably about six months ago when it first came on the uh, the PlayStation Store as free-to-play. I think then you could only play one mission, whether they've updated it since, but it had a weird kind of um, Destiny third-person crossover, weird... It was a weird game to play kind of had a bit of a warframe feel to it as well but it wasn't as good as either those two games yeah and and well they've gone free to play now fully uh, and you can access the rest of the the content there's some uh, microtransactions and things to support it but i i just really don't feel like it's going to work um there's a lot a lot of games coming out and Games are going to have to be really good to distinguish themselves and, and, and stay afloat for any length of time, I think. 
Yeah, and one of the questions that uh, one of our listeners kind of posted uh, is going to kind of cover um, the gaming trends of today. Uh, so we'll kind of cover those things uh, in a little bit of time. But is there anything else mm. apart from that game that you've uh, delved into at all this week? Uh, nothing new, just a bit of Skyrim, you know, messing around with the mods and putting it all on. Yeah, so I'm still yet to try the mods uh, on Skyrim, the, the PS4 version, mainly because I kind of want to get the Platinum for the game again. I got the Platinum on the PS3 and I thoroughly enjoyed that game. But the only issue is as soon as you apply mods to the game, it cancels out or uh, disables all the trophies. So... I want to go back into the game, play it through, get the platinum again, and then delve into the mods. So it's kind of harsh because I'm probably never yeah. going to get around to doing that. So I'll probably not experience the mods anytime soon. Uh, are there any cool ones? Oh, really well, no, none of the mods make an enormous change to the game. Um, some of the ones that I particularly like uh, are surreal lighting. Um, which it's not really that surreal. All all it does is boost the level of colour in the game and makes it a more vibrant game. Um, And there's one uh, called, it's like Pretty Trees of Skyrim, and and it puts in cherry blossom trees throughout Skyrim, and and that's absolutely lovely. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) But but nothing game-changing. No, I think the problem with the PS4 version is the mod support is only limited to a certain file size so you can't get the yeah. massive graphical overhauls or the new npcs or the character models that you can get on the pc version um sony kind of dropped the ball um but there was a big fiasco when it first came out that they weren't actually going to support mods but they kind of had to add them in their own way shape or form so so that's why i thought i thought it didn't have mods because playstation sony didn't want to support mods yeah, it wasn't when it was released. I, I can't remember exactly when they added them, but they added it a couple of months after, and they were kind of like, we don't want to add mods because people are going to put like penises and boobs in the game and have loads of like outrageous content that... It's fine. On a Microsoft console, that flies. Nobody gives a crap about that. You, mod, you, like, you put the mods on that you want, and you can kind of be your own moderator... Um, in the sense of what the content you want to see, but Sony just don't want anything like that on the consoles, so it's kind of limited to what you get, unfortunately. That's what you get being in Japanese, isn't it? Because they're very censorship over there and with the hospitality and all that jazz. But they have and, some weird. And then they sell knickers. <laughs> yeah, and then they sell knickers in train stations. You know, it's like okay. <laughs> Vending machines thing, everywhere as well. Yeah, that's the thing about the Japanese cultures. Like, they censor weird stuff. Like, they'll censor like an erection on TV or like a penis or whatever. But they'll have these weird anime, anime. games where like you're a little schoolgirl running around. And there's a game on the PlayStation called Akiba's Trip, but it's kind of like a play on words uh, in the sense that it's supposed to be like Akiba's Strip, where you're a girl running around fighting people and the more combos you do uh the more of your clothes come off until the point where i'm assuming you're naked i didn't go that far into the game when i saw it but there's games like that that they let fly but they don't let sort of like it's like bayonetta yeah 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 because she's completely naked i think the cool thing about bayonetta is like, yeah, the more you attack people the more naked you get, but your hair covers your body. It's really strange, isn't it? Because your hair's kind of your outfit. 
they've got that other weird one right? when you're like a boyfriend and you've got to choose between two different girls or something weird like that yeah there was... I remember Catherine no, Ka- Catherine's weird one. like Catherine's the weird puzzle game where like you're trying to date a girl but you're kind of like battling sheep in your nightmares um there's a game, I think it's High Auto Boyfriend or something. I've obviously pronounced that wrong. Yeah. But I think that's the one that you're getting at, Ben, where it's like a boyfriend simulator. There's also a weird Japanese dating game where you're pigeons. Have you seen that one? No. Yeah, that's, that's weird. That's proper weird. But that's the Japanese for you. Um, so, yeah, other than Skyrim, is, is that everything that you've been playing this week, Dan? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Cool. Um... Me, still banging that Fortnite drum. Um, that game pisses me off immensely. I've kind of decided this week that I need to cut back on playing that game. Um, I've kind of come to the di- the agreement that if I'm playing with somebody else and I can speak to him, that's fine. If I'm playing on my own, I'm just kind of like beating my head into a brick wall because I get to a certain point, I die, I reload, I get to a certain point, I die, and I just get frustrated, so... So that's my stuff. I don't like playing Fortnite on my own. No, no. It's one of the, like, it's fun if you're enjoying it in a group, but when you're on your own and you've got these try-hard people in the building against you and you know for a fact they're a nine-year-old child putting their finger up to the screen when they kill you and teabagging your body, it's just like, oh, you know what I mean? And the other reason why I'm trying to cut back on Fortnite is it's become to the point in my gaming schedule where I'm not actually playing any other games and I'm not enjoying the games that I've got. So I put a stop to it in the middle of the week and I started playing uh, Shadow of War, the Lord of the Rings game. Um, I got the platinum for the first game when it first came out and I got the platinum within a first, the first week, I think, of having it. And the, the second one's really good. Um, Story-wise, it's a bit hit and miss. Um, it's kind of good if you're fond of the Lord of the Rings um, trilogy, the films, uh, and obviously the books and the lore behind it. The combat system's amazing. It does an awful job, if you haven't played the first game, of telling you how the game works. Um, there's a system called the, the Nemesis system in the game where basically if you haven't played the first game, uh, it works exactly the same in the second game. They've just tweaked it a bit where you're against orcs. Uh, in the event that they kill you, uh, they get promoted uh, in this hierarchy where they sort of go up the chain and they become chiefs and war chiefs and all this sort that of stuff. That used to annoy me. It's co- the mechanic for me is really cool. Um, the way that the AI works in this game that works a little bit better than the first game is... They remember you a little bit better. So I had a fight last night when I was playing it after work where I got my ass kicked. This level 15 bloke uh, attacked me. He ambushed me and I'm only level five. Um, I got a few hits. I think I like shot him in the eye with an arrow um, and he killed me. And then I sort of put like a death threat on him, found him. And when I found him, there's like a weird cutscene before you encounter any enemy uh, that's in the hierarchy where... They have like a little speech and kind of say, um, this is my name and this is my purpose in the group. But the people that you fought before remember you. And he kind of said like, oh, you shot me in the eye last time, um, but I killed you. How are you back? Blah, blah, blah. But in that sense, it's really cool. So if you like the Lord of the Rings. They did that in the first one as well. Yeah. They've just tweaked the system. Oh, 
my uh, my wife's just rudely interrupted me. Um, what I didn't mention before when I was saying I was banging that Fortnite drum before coming on the uh, the podcast tonight, my wife has decided she wants to pick up Fortnite. Uh, we have we have two PS4s <laughs> in our house. One's upstairs in the bedroom. One's downstairs in the lounge. Uh, and she's just knocked on the window saying that she just got a kill. So I'm going to give her a round of applause. Nice. Give yeah, her a round of applause. Well, well done, so <laughs> she's got the, uh, the look on her face that she's super happy. I think she's going to gonna come in and say, did you get a kill, did you? I did. Oh, she got a kill. And then people killed me and stole my loot. <laughs> oh, so she got a loot stolen. Um, so yeah, so Shadow of Mordor, amazing game. I picked it up for fourteen ninety nine from Smith's Toys. I know recently Tesco's have been selling copies for a tenner. If you can get it dirt cheap, then go for it. I wouldn't pay any more than fifteen quid for the game though, but it seems like it's gonna last from game in the that they want to talk about at all. It's one thing we ha- we haven't really covered in the past. Anything other than gaming? I've been doing a bit of game Frank. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, I had a, a leak from the bath and I've had to repair the ceiling and uh, sort out, uh, you know, re- repair a leak. Oh, and sure. plumbing is not my forte, you know. Mm. Did, like, how, how bad was the leak? That's the question. Did it actually come pouring through your ceiling or was it just like a uh, a little bit of a drip? A bucket uh, catcher? I picked up a little bit of pot plaster in the hallway and uh, redo the uh, do the wall a bit but you know i did all right yeah yeah not noticeable yeah yeah i remember <laughs> i didn't ex- i didn't I gonna... expect that question i have to say no no no, no. i just kind of figured we'd, we'd talk about other stuff other than gaming because it's one thing that we don't usually cover but yeah like hands down i am crap at plastering uh when we had our kitchen refitted just before um our first child was born stupidly enough we decided to knock a wall down in our house, build a fake wall and build a new kitchen when my missus was six months pregnant. So if you're ever going to do that, don't. Um, and there was a bit where I had to do a bit of plastering and it was so bad that I had to wait for it to dry, like pretty much chip it all down and then get a professional plaster in. Because I kind of, I did the man thing where I was like, no, I'm not going to pay somebody X amount of money when I can just go to B&Q get a trowel, get some plaster for less than a tenner, and I can do it myself. Um, but yeah, the moral of the story is I'm shit at plastering, so <laughs> I'm always going to... Not that we have yellow pages anymore because we've got Google, but I'm always going to have to call it a tradesman. Um, what about you, Ben? Have you done anything special this week? Oh, just playing guitar and being with a dad. <laughs> yeah, cool. As usual. Have you learned any new songs? No, I've just been practicing, picking up my chops because I haven't played in a while. Yeah. So that's, that's the dilemma that I have, uh, especially doing this podcast, because I'm literally like three centimetres away from my guitar, and I just haven't picked it. I haven't had the time with working and doing this podcast and gaming and all the other stuff that takes over your life, especially having kids as well. I'm just kind of like, I'm gonna I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to start practicing again, but I just never get round to it, so... You might well, have to Ollie, Ollie loves it. When I when I play guitar, he just jumps up and down constantly. It's amazing. So if I ever need some magical voodoo techniques to keep my kids quiet, that's it. Whip out the guitar. Um, yeah, I'll feel it. To be fair, I haven't got anything to mention about my life this week. I've been 
doing loads of overtime at work just to pay for a holiday. And that's about it, really. So I think this is my only release this week. Um, so, yeah, so news of the week this week, nothing major. Um, there's been a few release dates. Um, one of mention is uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is made by the uh, From Software, the developers of Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Uh, I know I've got a few listeners. Uh, we've got a few listeners, I should say, uh, of this podcast who are quite into the Soul series. So it's probably good for them to hear. So 22nd of March 2019, that's going to drop on Xbox One, PS4 and PC. I think it's coming out on PC straight away. Uh, so that's a date to put in your diaries. Um, problem with that date is everything drops in February, March next year. So whether it's going to get swamped um, in the release dates coming next year, we'll soon see. But... I think one thing that the Soul series have is the diehard fan base, and they're more likely to buy that game than they are to buy, say, Division Two or Anthem or something well, like that. So, is that what else is in February? Is it Division Two, Anthem? It's um, Days Gone in in February as well. It's a weird week. That's I'll pull March, up. I think. Yeah, I'll pull it up on my phone, but I have a feeling that. The Division 2 and Anthem were set to release on the same either the same week or the yeah, same day. Yeah, it was the day. same was day, something... weren't it? Because oh, we looked at this, Frank, it was the same day. And, and, and Crackdown as well. Yeah, yeah, but we talked about Crackdown Allegedly. last week and nobody cares yeah. about that anymore. Um, let me pull it up. Uh, release date for Division 2. So... Either way, I'm looking forward to The Division 2. Uh, I think, so The Division 2 is set to release on the 15th of March, so the week before uh, Sekiro. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, the other one was Anthem, wasn't it? Anthem. Uh, so the release dates must have shifted, because uh, the Anthem release date on Google states the 22nd of February. So whether that's the same as Days Gone, because uh, there was definitely more than one game, wasn't there, that's on the same day. So, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Anthem and Days Gone are both launching on the 22nd of February 2019. So, you've got a massive uh, shared world shooter up against a zombie, zombie survivor horror PlayStation exclusive. So, which one do you reckon is going to take the take the throne there? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, d I don't well, think let's just say EA <laughs> yeah but a lot of people are a bit down on EA at the moment I mean they're having trouble with pre-orders for Battlefront uh, Battlefield aren't they yeah. yeah so I think the problem with the whole Call of Duty's winning over Battlefield which is like a, a news item that came out today there was some stats released that saying that Battlefield 5 pre-orders are way down but my reasoning for that is because the fact that Black Ops 4 has just had a beta and the only way that you could get into the beta is by pre-ordering the game. And No, it wasn't so I played it. No. If you was a O2 priority customer, they gave away free beta codes. Yeah, so that's... that's yeah, but for the majority of people. Yeah, that's a final amount of people because I don't know many people who are on O2... Um, unless you've got it for the purpose of getting, obviously, gig tickets and things like that. So, But as Dan said, as a majority, people would have had to pre-order the, the game. So wherever that added to those stats. But 
The next part of news on uh, my list here is they've officially announced the Battlefield beta that's coming out on September the 4th on all platforms. But you do need to pre-order oh, nice. the game. So, oh. But isn't, isn't it going September 6th? It's going open. Uh, yeah, I would assume for the first two days or the first couple of days... Because they need, they need it now. If they didn't make it an open beta, not a lot of people are going to play it on the basis of um, other games coming out close, namely Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, comes out a few days after that uh, beta drops. So, I, I think as well, potentially a lot of people felt a bit burnt by Battlefront 2 and the, the issues around that. So I think some people are quite willing to wait and see how things go when it first releases. Yeah, I think... As, I think go on, man. As I say, between Battlefront and Call of Duty, Call of Duty is always going to get more pre-orders because it's more of a kid's game, if you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, it's an, Battlefield it's a... is more of a realistic shooter than a, any Call of Duty game is. Yeah, it's always had that the user base of the classic. If you play Call of Duty, there's going to be somebody at the other end on a microphone saying that they've had sexual relations with your mum. But you tend to find the the. uh, the... I don't know why my dad does that. No, I know. What's going on there? (laughs) (laughs) But the yeah, Battlefield always has that stigma that it is an adult. not a, not a simulation because even the developers have come out and saying this game is not realistic or historically accurate. But but yeah, um, parents. Are I mean, with like shootings, more accurate, like real life with wind change and everything like that. Bullet drop and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Battlefield One sell sold well, but it didn't sell as well as say Battlefield Four. So off the back of that and the fact that Battlefield One only released last year as well like going down the annual franchise thing again might hurt them a little bit but then look at call of duty it sells really well every year the sales have decreased slowly but it's still one of the top selling games of the year so the only thing that could potentially hurt that maybe red dead redemption but the reason why both battlefield and call of duty are, are releasing the month before they usually do is to get as many copies out but people are going to play them. People love those games. And I really enjoyed Battlefield 1. And from what I've seen from Battlefield 5, it's weird saying 1 and then 5, but the graphics are amazing. The guns look amazing. I don't care if it's historically accurate because, like, you wouldn't want to just... Like, with World War 1, um, when it was Battlefield 1, if it was realistic, you'd be sat in a trench for, like, four weeks getting, like, trench foot and all that sort of stuff, and it'd be awful. The game would be crap. But, but yeah... So, I want to play... I'm just looking at Battlefield 4 stats. Go on. What have you And there's still a total... There's still 39,875 people playing Battlefield 4. That doesn't surprise me. Believe it or not. Considering what... 14,000 on the PS4. 8,000 on Xbox One. Apparently, still 1,000 on 360. But you you got a massive 10,000 on PC still playing it and 5,000 on PS3. And that's quite impressive. It's testament to the game, really, because Battlefield 4 was an incredible game. Incredible experience, 
the way that the maps changed and every game was technically the same but completely different at the same time it'd be interesting to see how many people at a 2013 game. november yeah a long time ago like five years yeah. ago but yeah it'd be interesting to see the comparison of those stats to battlefield one and in contrast how many people are still playing what was the last call of duty was it infinite warfare or world war Two? wasn't it the last one yeah so I think what people are holding out for more so than anything else is a bigger reveal uh, for the uh, the Battle Royale modes in these games. And Yeah, will that be part of the beta for uh, Battle uh, Battlefield? No. Or say Battlefront by accident? No. No, without a doubt. They haven't officially stated if it will, if it won't. Um, I know in September there is a Black Ops 4 beta, which will include the Blackout mode, which is the Battle Royale mode uh, for Call of Duty. But the way that DICE, EA, whoever you want to sort of say, mentioned it at E3, when they came on the stage and they were like, yeah, Battlefield 5 has now got Battle Royale, that's the first thing that they said in the press conference when they first came out. It kind of was an afterthought, the way that they said it, in the sense of, Battle Royale modes are majorly popular, and weirdly enough, one of the questions that we got asked this week uh, to cover is going to be talking about Battle Royales, um, is it didn't seem like it was ready. I have a feeling that it's either going to come post-launch or it's going to be a separate entity to the game, whether it's going to be a standalone thing or it's going to be patched later on, but I, I don't think it's going to be ready for when it launches. Mm. Was that question about the battle royale modes about what um, whether we think the genre is going to keep going? Yes, yeah, so I might as well, we might as well kick into that question and we can continue from there. Um, so uh, the question uh, came from uh, Luke Malia. If I've pronounced your surname wrong, uh, Luke, let me know. Um, but his question was basically. Uh, What's with the sudden rise of Battle Royale games? What's the appeal to them? Why have they been so popular? Uh, and where do you see the future of the genre going? Is it here to stay? Um, so if we start off with what's the appeal? So obviously me and Ben play Fortnite. We've played it with you, Dan. We've also played it with your son as well. Um, if you want to kick it off, Dan, in your opinion, what do you think the main appeal is at the moment for the Battle Royale genre? Uh, I think it's easy to get into. It's good to play with friends. Um, I think beyond that, the, um, the the challenge for any battle royale is to to keep innovating and bring something new. Um, so it'll be interesting to. I, I know um, uh, Fortnite works in seasons, and they they bring something new each season, a new set of gear. I think the longer they go. They're going to be bringing a new set of gear each time, but unless unless that gives you something different or a, a different play mode, which they're starting to introduce through the uh, sniper rifles and things like that, then I think it may be difficult to keep going. Um, as well, being free, I think I think that really helps to get lots and lots of players in there really quick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, in my opinion. Um... The reason, specifically Fortnite, um, I've played other Battle Royales. I haven't played PUBG, uh, but I have played 
H1Z1, I've played Realm Royale. Um, I had a quick go on... Oh, I can't remember the name of the game now. Um, it will come to me, but either way. Um, the main reason I think that Fortnite appeals to the mass market is, yes, it's free. Um, one thing that Epic have got right with that game is it's easy to stream. So that kind of brings the hype along. So if you're not quite aware of what the game is or you want to know how to get better or you just generally want to watch somebody play a game, it's so easily accessible um, for streamers to do that. And it's an easy thing to watch as well. And it's easy to understand, even if you don't understand the key mechanics of the game to be able to play the game. Um, but one thing Epic have done really well is the fact that they update that game on a week-to-week -week basis. It's always changing. Mm -hmm. So the map itself specifically changes every 10 weeks, which is the, 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 the length that the season lasts for. Um, but every week they'll change two of the modes, they'll add new weapons, they'll change the balance of those weapons. Um, so it changes every time that you play it. So that's the reason why it specifically appeals to me. Um, what about you, Ben? What what appeals to you or what doesn't appeal to you? Um, I'll, before I go on that, I was going to touch upon what you said about Fortnite, what they do really well. I think it's the market, marketing. Mm -hmm. They do a lot better than any other battle royale. Like you got Fortnite T-shirts, you can you know, advertise them from you know, the top. I don't know if you walk past the W H Smiths lately. You know the top of cards for um, the PlayStation or the PlayStation Wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's got Fortnite. Networks. Yeah, it's got like you can buy Fortnite stuff with this. They're bringing out chug jugs as water bottles. They're just Epic has just got a really good marketing campaign, and I think that's what's keeping the game alive more than yeah. all the others, because all the others I think are slowly dying. Yes, yeah, so it's funny you should say that they're slowly dying. So there was a stat that came out this week. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the developers, but the uh, the guys who made Paladins uh, also released something called Realm Royale, which is basically. A class base, Never heard of it. Which is testament to what I'm about to say. So um, it's on the PC. I think it's coming out on the PS4 soon. Um, similar, it's exactly the same as Fortnite, but the fact is, instead of um, you start off with a weapon because you start as different classes, so you're like a hunter or a, a machine gunner or a soldier. I don't know the actual names of the classes, but when it launched on Steam, it had a lot of concurrent users and i think that the the figures that came out this week is the fact that it's dropped like 80 percent of its user base within a month and that just goes to show that yes you can release a new one in the market but if it's not as good as fortnite or PUBG, i know fortnite's a lot more popular then it isn't going to go anywhere and what you said with the marketing it's funny because i saw a kid on Facebook had a Fortnite bouncy castle for his birthday party. <laughs> Another kid had a Fortnite Perfect. birthday cake. So the fact that somebody's gone out and manufactured a bouncy castle just goes to show how popular this game is at the moment. It's and like the dances as well, isn't it? It's like a YouTube trend. Yeah, and I've like even kids seen... kids doing Fortnite dance. I've even seen Dan's son, and he can probably back me up on this, doing the... I think it's the floss dance, that's what it's called. Oh, God, yeah. He won't stop doing Fortnite dances. 
he went through a phase of coming up to me and saying, pick a letter. And I'd pick a letter thinking he was going to do a joke or something or whatever. And, and, and he'd go, oh, this is this dance from Fortnite that begins with that letter. I was just like, get lost. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, you got a video one done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. <laughs> that goes to show, like, how... Uh, manipulate isn't the right word, but, like, it, the game definitely influences people to want to play more. It's like kid crack, isn't it? Like... The more people play, and I can say the same for myself, the more that I play that game, the more I want to play that game. But at the same time, the more I play that game, the more I absolutely hate that game at the same time. Yeah, the thing I like about it, you can kind of relax the Fortnite. You don't take it too serious. Well, no, me and you do, Frank, when we get one on us. When we lost about 10 matches, we get serious then, don't we? We're like, let's put our game face on. But before we get to that losing for 10 thing, you're just like, oh, fun. Let's just dance over here. Smash down a tree with a balloon. It's like how how ridiculous does that sound? But how funny is it at the same time? Yeah. Or yeah. let's build and go straight to the sky and fall off the end and have a laugh. Mm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you. That's the appealing thing about Fortnite. You can have fun with it. And you I don't think, necessarily. I think the worry. Go on, Dan. The, the worry for them though, with with the future of these kind of games though, is. Um, especially with a game like Fortnite, and it kind of happened with Minecraft beforehand, but Minecraft still has a lot of concurrent players, so you know I won't bash it too much. Um, but Minecraft got flooded with, with young people looking to play the game, and uh, kids who are a bit older, say 13, 14, start to go, oh, God, I'm not playing Minecraft, it's for kids, you know. And, and my 14-year-old looks at my 11-year-old who, who plays Fortnite and says, oh, God, Fortnite's so babyish, I'm going off to play... Um, Overwatch. My own things, you know. Yeah. Overwatch, or um, he also plays a lot of Ark. Um, so I, I think there's a, a danger of being very, very popular, and and they have to capitalise on these things and release like the chug jugs and stuff that Ben was talking about, t-shirts and whatnot, make a load of money because the shelf life is some. Well, they know it's it's finite, even what if it lasts three years. Fortnite? It's limited. Teen, I um, think. I don't know. think it has... Teen, yeah. An ER... Oh, I thought it might have been like a three or something like that. Three mm-hmm. plus seems like you've got school kids. It's advertised towards school kids, which aren't... It kind of like... is, but I think they've got the problem with the SRB and, and essentially they slap a teen label on anything that's got online interaction in it because you never oh, know okay. who's going to come on and swear at you. So, you know. Yeah, so... The one thing that Fortnite doesn't have, really, is that control. Obviously, you can mute people, and that's fine. Um, but I had an interaction on a squad uh, a couple of weeks back where I joined a game, random squad. Uh, there was a uh, an Eastern European guy. Um, he would have probably, similar to my age, his, his voice had definitely dropped, so he's obviously over puberty age. Um and there was a kid who was obviously like a 10-year-old child, say. And the first thing that this guy said, I was just like, shit, dude. Like, you can't say that to a kid on the internet. But, like, there's free will, isn't it? The problem with these sort of online games is you can just jump into I didn't realise you could talk like that on Fortnite. Yeah, no, you can. Like, if you're in a random group with people and you've got your mic on, like, you're automatically together. But it's not until you mute that. the people then you can't hear them. But, like, it's the only instance in the 
two months or whatever we've been playing it that I've had that experience where somebody's jumped in and gone like, I'm going to fuck your mum. I'm sort of like, whoa, dude, dude, chill. You know what I mean? And like promptly that kid left our game, which is obviously testament to him, probably testament to his parents of saying to him, like, if you ever have an experience like this, you leave. But other kids are going to be subjected to stuff that you're not going to want them to hear. But that's regulation that you can't control. So, but mass appeal, Fortnite's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Epic Games, I think last time I checked, were (laughs) valued at $18 billion or something like that on the stock market, which is ridiculous for a game that's only been like, I know Epic are an established company. Uh, they had, they've got Unreal tournament, um, Unreal Engine, Gears of War, when it was still made by them. Um, so they're established, but I don't think it's going anywhere. And the main thing now is Call of Duty Battlefield. If those modes do well in that game, I reckon it's going to be an they annual won't. thing. Like zombies, like zombies in Call of Duty. It's been in for since World at War, which is ten years old now. Yeah. And they, it's the most popular mode in Call of Duty every year. Is that going to be the tacked on thing um, for shooters or adventure games? One thing that surprised me, which came out today, is that Dying Light has a battle royale, has a battle royale mode. I was saying, I said battle royale too many times. Um, yeah, they've got a battle royale mode coming. But as a standalone thing... the first thing, one or the second one? Neither. This is going to be a standalone thing, free to play, no need to purchase, but the way it works, I think, like, 12 people go in, there's going to be zombies and 12 people, and only one man comes out. That's the tagline that they've put on it. So, it's everywhere. I think it might be good. I mean, they're, um, they've obviously... They've got Dying Light still that's pretty good. Um, they've got an engine there. If they can throw a game together pretty quickly and capitalize on on the success, why not? Everybody wants a piece. I mean, look, you were just saying how much Epic is worth now. Um, of course, everyone wants a piece of that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and I'm sure we mentioned it in a previous podcast, but microtransaction sales, year to year forecasts, and all that sort of thing have gone down significantly if Fortnite wasn't there. But they've actually gone up because Fortnite. Uh, so like forty percent of the market share at the moment. So there's lots of people, and there's lots of people getting rich on Fortnite as well. Look at Ninja, um, one of the most popular streamers. He's made a living from just playing a game on a day to day basis. Yes, he's very good at the game, but like it sells, and kids enjoy that sort of stuff. So, um, the next question, which was also by Luke as well, uh, we do have a question from somebody else, which we'll get onto in a second, um, is. What happened to the 3D platformer? Once it was the biggest genre, uh, but it kind of disappeared over the last couple of console generations. Uh, He said that he particularly enjoyed the Ratchet and Clank game, uh, and it was universally loved that Crash Bandicoot was one of the top-selling games and still is one of the top-selling games in the UK week on week on the PlayStation 4. Uh, And obviously Spyro has a lot of hype too. Um, Quick interjection spyro has been delayed uh so if anybody was expecting yeah. it anytime soon it's been delayed by a couple of weeks i think um so just check you know out. why yeah because of red dead redemption that's yeah. that's my guess 
Unless, and Spo- unless, and unless, yeah, and Spider-Man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it was set to release within the week after Spider-Man. I think. Um, yeah, about a week. The developers said they need more time uh, to polish it. We all know that's a load of bollocks. Any game that's been brought forward or pushed back is because of Red Dead Redemption because it's a, like a plague. Um, so yeah, so Spyro's got a lot of hype, which you mentioned, uh, and people are asking for new ones in the series, specifically for Crash Bandicoot. Um, so what are your thoughts on the reasons why the 3D platformer is, isn't is as popular as it could be? Um, unless we're probably talking about the Switch, but we can cover that as well. What do you reckon on that one, Dan? Um, I think we don't see as many nowadays on PlayStation, uh, and Xbox, as we used to see on um, I mean, back when it was just Sega and Nintendo, and well, 3D platformer. If we're saying that, then that was going into like the golden era was with the N64 and stuff like that. They they produced so many, but so many of them were pretty bad. Um, if you look at the the numbers that came out that were good, uh, we're probably looking at a similar rate to the good ones that come out now you probably get one or two a year that are decent. Yeah. So I personally loved 3D platformers back in the day, but I think the issue with the console generations and the way that the hardware improves and the development cycles get quicker or longer, depending on obviously how polished the games are or what's um, built into the games is, in the Sega Mega Drive genesis depending on where you're listening uh or the uh the snares era um it was pro- it was the only sort of thing that you could put onto those consoles you either had uh 2d fighter games um very primitive racing games or 3d platformers um obviously major games like mario all the disney games like aladdin lion king games like that and there was other ones that kind of branched off um they were sort of the most popular things on those consoles. And when this cycle changed uh, into kind of like the 3D uh, era, PlayStation 1, N64, they were still really popular on the N64. And there were some really good ones on the PlayStation 1. Obviously, Spyro, Crash. You had games like Croc, I remember. That was really cool. Jumping Flash. Yep, Do you jump- remember Jumping Flash? Yeah, I remember yeah. Jumping Flash. That was cool. Um, Rayman. You Rayman, cool, yeah. Cool, that platform. Yeah, yeah, no, Rayman 100% is probably one of the most famous platformers um, above sort of, uh, well, under Mario, uh, probably Crash. There was Banjo-Kazooie on the N64 as well. That was great. Um, Special Agent Gex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a weird theory. I've got a theory from my point of view about why they've kind of died out. What? What's that? It's because I, I I would say I started the PS1 properly for plat- 3D platformers, let's just say that. Obviously, I grew up with them, being, but I think it, they've died down because we've got older and they still stay kind of childish. Yeah, absolutely. It's I like, mean... take Crash Bandicoot. I loved that on the PS1. I brought it for the PS4. I've got, because our brains think differently now, I've got more frustrated with it because I feel like I can't do it now as I could do it back then. And I think that's a big problem. 
Do we um? Did, did any of you guys buy ukulele? Yes. Yeah, I've got ukulele. You got that? Um, has anyone pre-ordered Spyro or anything? No. No. Mainly because I specifically uh, don't pre-order games, but a hundred percent I will be getting that game for myself and for my daughter to play as well. I think that's a good entry game for her because we tried to play Knack the other day. Um, Knack's Knack's crap and great at the same time, depending on how you play that game. What, what, uh, what's Knack? Oh, Knack's the one of the launch games that came out for the PS4. Um, probably one of the only 3D platformer games that Sony have developed for that thing. Um, basically, you're a guy. When you kill people, you they turn into bricks, and the more bricks you get, the larger you get. It's yeah, The story's crap. Um, if you play that game on hard, it kind of works out a bit like a puzzle game where if you get hit once, you die, so you have to kind of be strategic about it. But to the extent where we played for about 20 minutes and my daughter actually turned to me and said, Daddy, this game isn't very good. And I was sort of like, okay, we'll, we'll just... <laughs> we'll bury this game we'll put it back on the shelf and we won't mention it again and then she picked up the uh original game boy the 1986 game boy that i've got in my house and she was playing super mario world 2 and she played that for a long time so mm. mario sticks well with kids but knack doesn't so in my personal opinion it's good what you hinted on there ben that those games were really popular when we were younger and I don't know stats, but I'm sure a lot of gamers are in the 30 to 40 range because they started gaming when gaming was first kicking off and they've stuck with it. And kids don't really play platforms that much anymore, probably because of games that we've mentioned already. Call of Duty. Call of Duty, (laughs) Grand Theft Auto, Fortnite, all the games that they shouldn't be playing. But one home that platformers still have that home for is on the Switch. And that's where Nintendo have never dropped what they do best with their franchises, with Mario, with Kirby, um, Donkey Kong, things like that. Is There's always a place for that market, but on they're the Switch. They're still the same game, though, aren't they? Yeah. They never... Just um, update. To, to an extent, they've, they've added new mechanics and, and new things to, to do in the games, and, and the the quality has, has got a lot better as well. Um I think I can't think of a a three D platform type game that I would spend more than thirty pounds on apart from uh the the latest Mario. Yeah. So Ratchet and Clank is a bit of a cross genre game. Um there's platforming elements but it's mostly shooting and mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed that, but I wouldn't class that as a three D two D platformer um that was kind of like getting at. Um Ukulele, as you mentioned before, was supposed to be like the successor uh, to Banjo-Kazooie. It's great if you can get past the annoying um, talking elements of the game uh, because every character you encounter has the same dialogue loop and it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, Other than that, there isn't really anything, say, on PlayStation that I would consider, apart from the Rayman game that came out... um, do the Lego games count? Oh, I don't know. Like, what would you class as a platform? Are we talking Sonic, Mario, going across a 2D plane, jumping up and down? Or are we talking, like, 
open world sandbox where you can jump on things? Like, I don't know, what would you really class as a modern day platformer? I think going up and down on stuff. Jumping up. If you can jump, then as a platformer. But no, we we had things like (laughs) Ubisoft released that um, Grow Home game, didn't they? That was... That was a bit of a platformer, but indie games, there's probably loads hidden in the sand. There's obviously a diamond in the rough somewhere where there's loads of them, but they just don't get the mass market appeal that they used to do. And I think the problem with the way that the gaming network works now is in the 90s, early 2000s, it was very mascot driven with Spyro and Crash and they were kind of like the mascots. Whereas now we don't really have that in gaming so much. I think it's it's also a case of 3D because I mean, Unravel, for example, is built in 3D, but it's mainly a 2D side-scrolling platformer. Yeah. Um, you've got Little Big Planet, which utilizes 3D. You can move into the scene, but it's still essentially a 3D, uh, a 2D, you know, a side-scrolling platformer. Yeah. There's not many of the um, sort of level-based 3D games that you can run around and complete objectives within there, like uh, like Mario uh, 64 or, or Banjo-Kazooie. So I'd say they're not as popular as they used to be. Um, they're not necessarily dead, but it would be good to see a resurgence of those games. Um, I think one thing that's going to break the mould is the game... Uh, Dreams, uh, which is made by Media Molecule, who uh, made the Little Big Planet games uh, originally. Mm. And the premise of that game is you can make whatever game you want. Um, you can make it as good or as bad, depending on how creative your mind is. But they have every tool um, from making characters, making environments, making the music, making the dialogue, literally anything you can think of, you can put in that game. So if you have a urge to play a platforming game, this is one of those things where why not go out and make your own game? So the answer is go make your own game. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that wouldn't necessarily usually be the answer in any way, shape or form for any conversation that you're having about a computer game genre that was dying or one that you don't see. But with what I've seen from Dreams, it's going to be an accessible game where you're easily, in a way, going to Is be it a game, to... though? Yes. So there's a standalone game that comes with it, which kind of leads you through different levels, different environments, and that will probably give you an idea of what's possible in the game. But they've said on multiple uh, live streams and uh, dev talks when they've been making levels and creating stuff themselves of, like whatever you can think of in your head you can do in the game and there's no limitations there probably is some form of limitation but you go crazy and if you you haven't actually checked out dreams i urge you to go on youtube check out media molecules youtube page and they've got countless of different um live streams or twitch streams that they've done where you've got four devs on a couch with the the move controllers i think you can use the actual dual uh, four controller as well to do it and they've just mm-hmm. made a level from scratch uh with moving mechanics and enemies and stuff like that and it's really cool it's definitely worth checking out so 
The last topic or the last question, which we'll cover before we'll leave you guys this week is from Ryan. <laughs> His surname's Howie. If you pronounce it like that, I'm not too sure, but it's spelled H-O-W-E. So Ryan, if you're listening, correct me, let me know. Um, his question is, out of the big three games, being Spider-Man, Red Dead 2, and Fallout 76, which has the potential to be the worst received? Fallout 76. Why? What do you reckon? Just because how badly received Fallout 4 was. <laughs> I, I think it's a really tricky game because when you say badly received, do you mean poor sales and not doing well? In which case, I think Fallout 76 potentially. Um, if you're talking um, hype based around the game, then Spider Man and Red Dead Redemption have an awful lot of hype. And yeah, they if they drop the ball on them, I think they could be poorly received in terms of um, I'm not happy I didn't get the game I was hoping for. Um, but overall, I think it's Fallout 76, yeah. Yeah, so I think the main reason, because um, I completely agree with both of you on that one, uh, even though I am kind of eagerly anticipating Fallout 76, because I loved Fallout 4, um, love's a strong word, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll recall that. Um, I enjoyed Fallout 4, uh, both Daniel and I got the Platinum Trophy for I it. I did too, yeah, yeah. After playing it for the, I think, 60 hours it took me to get the Platinum, I had no no urge to play that game ever again, and I don't think I ever will. Um, the problem with Fallout 76 is they've taken this weird U-turn, even though Todd Howard on countless occasions has come out and said, no, 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 it's still a single-player game, you can still play it on your own. Bollocks. They are targeting this game for <laughs> a multiplayer, four-man crew market the usual sort of like destiny division the shared world shooter shared world shooter thing that people and developers are getting into now is like you can play fallout with your friends it's like but i don't want to play with my friends but they're kind of like but you can play with your friends and you're kind of like oh like bethesda games specifically skyrim and fallout are the sort of games personally for me i want to play on my own i want to be this this lone ranger in a wasteland ex exploring the environment and thinking like oh this is new but it's my personal experience like so you just touched upon something there frank well what did i touch with no no the old elder scrolls online yep how poorly that did when it first came out but because it's... obviously you want to experience on your own but it's multiplayer yeah the online one isn't it i think the problem with eso was was that like People wanted Skyrim 2 or Elder Scrolls 6 or whichever way you want to go. But the longevity of ESO is testament to the fact that they keep making uh, expansions for it. And it's actually now got a really big user base and quite a loyal fan base as well. So whether okay, 76... Yeah, yeah, I think I can't remember the stats that they came out with um, the last time I, I heard a tweet from Bethesda and they still said it was going strong. But... I think 76 is going to come out and people are going to buy it. It's going to be a slow burner until people actually know what the game is and how in-depth you can go on your own or the quests and things like that. That's the issue that that, that has. Whereas 
you know exactly what you're getting with Red Dead Redemption 2, and you're pretty much aware what you're getting with Spider-Man in the sense of you know you're going to be Spider-Man, you know there's going to be these certain characters, but there's still a lot of mystery surrounded Spider-Man, but that's on purpose because the last thing you want to do is go into Spider-Man knowing everything that's going to happen because the story is what's yeah. going to make that game amazing. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, I think so. But yeah, for me, I'm going to be buying. I'm going to be buying Red Dead Redemption Two on launch day. I want to say I'm going to be buying Spider Man on launch day. But I'm I not too sure. I will be getting Spider Man on launch day. <laughs> yeah. So limited edition. <laughs> special, special edition. Which which edition did you go for in the end? Uh, the $59.99 one comes in a steel bookcase. Is that the one with the statue? You can't go wrong with just the game. Oh no, just the game. Oh, the statue. No, the statue one's too pricey. Yeah, I think. But I just bought the one with the game. It comes with everything the statue edition has, minus the statue minus and the, the art statue. book. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing for me about collectors' editions. It's like I love games too much to not warrant buying the collector's editions, but I have, like, nobody has, well, I'd say nobody, obviously there are people out there that always get the collector's editions and have, like, this endless pit of money somehow, but... I like, like, Steelbook editions, I like that because it's just a nice tin. I've never it's liked not, Steelbooks. Oh, it's not OT, it's not over the top. I've no. always liked them. Like, I've always loved the design of steelbooks, but like I'm so OCD about how games look on my shelf. And if there's one steelbook in amongst like 50 other games, whenever I sit down and look at my shelf, or like say I'm watching TV and I'm not even looking at my games collection, that's always going to be in my peripheral vision, if you know what I mean. It's like, why is that box slightly larger than the other or looks slightly different? So, But there's some cool steelbook designs, but I'd love to have loads of collectibles especially like the assassin's creed ones that come out it's just like i just don't have the money and yeah, i've got, too I've many... got Go unity still book as well <laughs> speaking of assassin's creed i've got too many star wars toys as well i think like if i started collecting games collectibles as well my wife would have an absolute hissy fit and say like well you've got to get rid of your star wars toys if you're gonna have loads of assassin's creed toys i'd be like they're not toys they are collectible figurines woman but yeah, they just don't understand the ways, do they, of the collector? So don't you like Steelbook DVD Blu-rays? I don't. I don't get Blu-rays anymore. I had a massive Blu-ray collection, and then Netflix came along and streaming came along, and I was just like, you know what? I've still got all, all the Disney Blu-rays. Uh, we've got all of those for the kids. Um, but like, they're too much faff for me. Uh, we don't have enough space for them. Um, and the fact that everything's on demand nowadays, I just, I prefer the convenience more so than anything else. But ironically enough, I don't like digital games. So I, I'd like to have a collection of games, but not Blu-rays, but each to their own on that one, I think. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to cover at all today before we say farewell to the listeners at all? Sorry, what was that? <laughs> we thought you'd lost you for a second then. Um, ben was yeah, just covering... I, Hendrix just woke up and I had to run and grab him, so... Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, ben was just saying um, 
his love of steelbooks and I was saying that like I don't have time to collect Blu-rays because of on-demand stuff and all that sort of stuff and I was going to say was there anything else that we wanted to cover quickly before we left? I, I don't collect anything. If I could, if I could, I'd have like just a white room with a TV, everything digital, so I didn't have to swap discs ever. If I could, and uh, and just be completely minimalist. But I have children, so now I've got junk everywhere. <laughs> and that and that's the thing, isn't it? As soon as you have kids, that's it. It's like a bomb has hit your house. You could have the nicest house in the world, and within like two seconds of your kids running through it, it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm going to have to tidy that up again. Like, it's a bit like Groundhog Day. Your life is on a constant loop of tidying the same spot over and over and over again. And it gets to the point yeah. where you just kind of like, you know what, kids? Do what the, do what you want. Just play with that Play-Doh and drop it on the floor and fuck it up and put it in the carpet. We're eventually going to get new carpets anyway. And, like, we've just come to the decision where we're... My my wife's parents have lent us this uh, carpet cleaner and it's kind of got to the point where we just looked at each other and we were like, you know what, should we get laminate in the lounge? Yeah, we'll get laminate. In yeah, well, I've got laminate throughout the flat. I like laminate for them. It's wiped clean. Whereas carpets, like anything can get in a carpet and it gets to the point where there's that one spot where my kids eat dinner at the dinner table and the, the spot under their chairs is just absolutely fucked. And I'm kind of like, ugh. So yeah, until they can uh, clean up after themselves or forever in that loop, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, so gaming's great. Kids are great when they're sat still and not making loads of mess. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you guys want to say before we go? No, no I'm good. <laughs> Sweet. So on that note, uh, it's been a good one. As per usual, guys, if you do have any questions or anything you want to cover in next week's episode, similar to what we've done this week, hit us up on our Facebook page. Just search Middle Age Gamers. Uh, we are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, loads of different platforms. So if you're listening, listening to us on one, but you want to get us on your favourite one, check us out. We're probably on there. But until next time, it's been great speaking to you guys. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.